Greetings, my nerds. Nick Jarin here. Welcome to the Northwest Nerd Podcast. On today's show, we're returning to a tradition as old as this podcast itself. So a little over a year. We're going to hand out our achievements in nerd awards to the moments, people, and stories that we thought were outstanding or deserving of another round of praise in 2017. I think you'll get a sense of the types of things I mean as we go along, but in particular, I focused on the pop culture things that I thought were excellent this year, such as Legion. Watch it. Please watch it. Season two comes out later this year. Dyer was a little more holistic in his awards, picking out moments like uh, key scientific discoveries that happened this past year, but also picking uh, a movie that he thinks is already getting looked over. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Quick announcement before we get rolling here. Uh, We have a contest going on on our Facebook page. Over the holidays, Dyer won a beard growing contest and then shaved it off in stages. So he had a quite fun mustache for about a week there and we decided to snap some pictures of him in front of a green screen so join the photo editing contest that we have over on our facebook page by harnessing your creativity and doing something fun with the photo or just go to the facebook page to see what dyer looks like with a swashbuckling mustache Either way, either way is fun. The winner will be chosen based on how much you amuse Dyer or myself, and we'll work out a prize with the winner, but it's going to be some type of gift card to the movies or a store or something like that. You can tell that we mostly just wanted to have fun with Dyer's facial hairs since this isn't a very fleshed out contest, but it's been a lot of fun so far. Go join it. Go edit the pictures of Dyer over on our Facebook page. Just search for NW Nerd Podcast on Facebook or just Google Northwest Nerd Podcast. Uh, We're pretty findable. We will be back on our regular schedule next week with a magazine episode featuring a story from Dyer on the infamous Seattle freeze. What is it? Why does it happen? Is it even real? We'll get into it. And uh, I think you all are going to enjoy that one, especially as nerds that we are. We can uh, we can get in our heads a little bit about whether someone's freezing us out or if it's us. We'll get into it. Hope you're all getting back into the groove at work and uh, you're listening to this episode while not quite giving up on your New Year's resolution yet. Here we go. Nick slowly slips his coffee. I'm just going to narrate for listeners. He ponders his life and his choices. He's very proud that he wore a really great shirt today. We're both wearing buffalo plaid, which kind of weirds me out. Yeah. It, in general, weirds me out. I when you and I like, dress too similarly, <laughs> I like show your, to the I same I like your place. shirt quite a bit, though, actually. <sighs> the binge uh, mode one? No, the buffalo plaid one, actually. Yeah, that makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, that's pretty good. Anyway. Don't tell my friend Liz. All right, well, let's get, let's, let's get on to what we actually came here to do. Achievements in yes. Nerd 2017. We're a couple weeks into 2018, and we wanted to take a look back at the year that just happened. And... Uh, celebrate what we thought were the uh, the moments the people the stories the uh the tv the books the movies whatever the hopes, that were the fears the triumphs the tribulations that were the, the achievements in nerd in 2017 so it's a it's a pretty loose criteria it's basically things that we were into that we think deserve another yeah. uh, another turn in the spotlight because it's the end of the year and you look back at the end of the year and uh and appreciate this, what happened. This is what I like about it because everybody is, is uh, it can be pretty negative. And I, I'm a hypocrite when I say that. I, I can be like glass half empty too. That's true. It's a very negative thing to say. You know, here's what I hate when people are negative. Yeah. But, but 
<laughs> okay, okay, good point. But this is I, I felt a, a positive thing. We could look back on 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 positive things and um and you know leave the glass. And it was half a rough full. year. Just every like year in is a general, rough year. Remember last you know, year, everybody was like 2016 like, oh, is the worst everybody year. Everybody died, and then more people died in 2017. Uh, dire prediction: more people are going to die in 2018. Whoa, whoa, hey! So um, <laughs> like. Yeah, it was, you know, every year has its downs and ups. But here's the deal about glass and uh, glasses and when they're half full or empty. Here's the deal. That that glass may be half empty with liquid, but the other half is technically full of a gas. So it's always full. Mm. All right? Mm. Let's just look at that. Oh, there you go. Mm. All right. So, um let's do it uh let's do it in kind of a funky rhythm here. Let's do some quick hits and then we'll talk about a couple of them a little bit longer. And then uh, let's, if we still have some left over, let's do some quick hits at the end. We'll kind of give this discussion some momentum. And that way, in that way, people, uh, people at home, people in their cars, people listening to the podcast anyway, hello out there, by the way, um, can uh, get, a, get a feeling for the types of things that are going to go into these lists. They're in no particular order. I didn't want to rank these. We do a lot of yeah. rankings on this show anyway, and I found myself having a hard time putting any of these above the others. So... Uh, Dyer, your first quick hit, 15 to 30 seconds, go. Gravitational waves were sensed for the very, very first time in February 2017. Um, Long story short, two massive black holes 1.3 billion years ago smashed into each other, and we were able to sense the gravitational waves from them colliding. Why is this important? Imagine you've never seen light or heard sound before. You know, the senses that we take for granted. We are now adding another sense to our scientific observations and the amount that that can tell us. If you can hear stuff for the first time, the amount of information that can tell you, that's what gravitational waves is going to do for us in the future of observing the universe. And, all and the they things. might eventually be a way for us to harness energy or uh, yeah. propel things as Exactly. Well. Just the way, you know, light and sound and all these ways that we've done, all these things we've discovered just with the senses we have right now we just added another sense, you know, using technology, but we just added another sense to learn more about how this universe works. And like you say, therefore, maybe manipulate it a little bit. Love it. And I also love that you're probably going to balance me out because I went way pop culture on my list for okay, achievements good. and nerds. So okay. uh, my first quick hit is Wonder Woman and Gal Gadot specifically. Just it took what, like almost 90 years for us to get a Wonder Woman movie. Yes. Uh, this character has been around forever. And Gal Gadot was perfectly cast, perfectly acted in this thing. Patty Jenkins directed a great movie. Gal Gadot has gone on to become someone who is in real life worthy of someone who has this mantle. Like Henry Cavill is Superman in the movies, but he doesn't feel like a Superman off the screen. You know what I mean? Gal Gadot has seen him work out. Gal Gadot has hit the culture like a like an actual Wonder Woman. Like people look up to her now. She's great. She's held people accountable. She got Brett Ratner off of the next Wonder Woman movie, for example. And huge, huge achievement nerd. It's all thanks to the the comic book IP that this was able to. Do you know how much that that movie has made to date? So far, because we, I think when we, we, when we, first you mean talked, box office, box office, because it's out on Blu-ray now, which would be even more money. Yeah, exactly. So box office, et cetera. Because I think when we first reported it, you know, it was made for 149 million. It made 103 million on the opening weekend, so it was already there. Dang, I didn't even remember that. To date, nearly 822 million dollars on wow. this one film, um, and that's less than a year of opening. So I mean, think mm-hmm. about. 
they have a lot of encouragement to make more of these films. And the one reason I was actually, uh, I almost put this on my list, but I thought you were going to do it, so I didn't put <laughs> it on mine. a little predictable. Um, and the reason, uh, but one thing that I like to note about it is that Marvel hasn't really given, a, given us a female lead film, mm-hmm. and they have the characters. I feel like there's a Black Widow film out there that we're not getting. Well, we're going to get Captain Marvel. We're going to get Captain Marvel. Larson. But I also really want <laughs> I really want a Black Widow film after yeah. seeing how amazing this character has been um and proven itself in the Captain America films and the uh, Avengers films. Uh and yeah, so DC finally gives us one and after their films have been so crappy, you know, this one ends up like knocking it out of the park. Sports and it metaphor. ends up being the one that uh, the DCEU can turn to and say, we should make more movies like this one. Yeah, Which exactly. is so great. I hope it, that it has a ton of influence in 2018 mm-hmm. and beyond. And uh, Wonder Woman and Gal Gadot, Patty Jenkins, uh, my achievement in nerd, quick hit there. I took You're up. my... Let's wolf, do uh, one, more, one more quickie and then we'll do some longer ones. So the reason... Although Wonder Woman print went pretty long. <laughs> yeah. The reason... Uh, I So I took off Wonder Woman and I replaced it with another film because I thought you would actually mm. do it, uh, was Logan, released in March, uh, a film made for less than $100,000. Also on my list. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> so the reason I'm throwing this out there is it felt like finally we had a comic book movie that, uh, a, that was... Re- a comic book movie that came across at the level that the comic books were at themselves. A lot of comic book movies are failing from the fact that they just go out and get a director who's really great at movies maybe, who's really great at storytelling, but doesn't really grasp what comic books are about. They just think it's a comic book movie. And if you want to see what I'm talking about, the worst example is Batman 3 with Joel Schumacher making uh, a film where they just, let's put neon lights and it's a comic book so everything's going to be just comic booky. But it's all a very outside person looking in on comic books. Logan, I felt like they gave us a rated R, serious comic book film that nobody else has really given us. We've had some great comic book movies before. I don't want to discount them. Logan was true to the Wolverine character and to that that whole storyline. So I was just very happy um, that we finally got that, even though it was the last one. Like I said, made for less than $100,000. It's going to make a lot more. Um, and it was really nice to kind of see other elements of cinema woven into the comic book genre of road trips, westerns, all that stuff kind of played into it and done very, very well. It almost felt like this was an art house film, but was, you know, for, for kind of like everybody. It was a sci-fi western for like the X-Men yeah. fan who grew up watching Blade Runner and then was right. like, how can I do this but with mutants? That's instead, a really good, yeah, thing. a good way. Or maybe kind of like a... Not like Mad Max, but Mad Max without you a know, little bit though. Yeah, like the, yeah. Mad Max is always a road trip, but like you know, without a lot of uh, hordes of punk rockers trying to attack you. Essentially, yeah. fantastic movie. Um, it's it has a really this is going to sound really pretentious, but it, like a beautiful sadness to it, which I think is yeah. something that we as American cinema goers don't give enough credit a lot of the time. So it ends up just being written out of movies that characters are allowed to be sad. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not depressing. Um. And the other thing that I really liked about this movie, because we've talked about it a ton already, so anybody listening to this episode has probably heard our thoughts in the past on Logan. But one thing I haven't mentioned is that James Mangold was the director of this one, and he also did most of the story. He's done, I think, two other Wolverine movies before this one, Hmm. neither of which I really enjoyed that much. But I'm happy that rather than just saying, 
this guy's getting this franchise taken away from him. They gave him another shot, and the third one is the best one. I feel like that doesn't happen very often. I think the reason is my theory that when studios just want to make money but they don't care about you, they're going to give you minimal money. Mm. You know, Hugh Jackman took a pay cut just so that they can get it made the way they wanted. Yeah. Um, the studio doesn't pay attention to you, and you go off and do what you want. That's what happened with Batman Begins. They didn't have any faith in that film. They let them go off and play with this minimal amount of money they gave them, relatively speaking. It's yeah. a lot to the average person, but... <laughs> Um, relative to the comic book movie amount exactly, of money. Exactly, yeah. you know, relatively speaking. And then they make these amazing films because they have the freedom to actually do it. Um, and I think that's essentially what happens with Logan. And, you know, final note, totally being snubbed by the uh, Golden Globes and the uh, the Oscars this year, by the way. I think yeah. Patrick Stewart deserves uh, some credit for what he did in that film. Just a harrowing performance. Exactly. I think him. the director, uh, the everybody in that film deserves a lot of credit. And the awards, you know, the award ceremonies are kind of in their own little echo chamber, not to give, not to lack any credit for the films that are out there. Because um, I think Get Out's going to get a lot of, you know, great credit that it deserves, though Jordan Peele's not getting the credit I think he deserves mm-hmm. in one of these awards. Uh, I forget which ones. But long story short, it's just kind of getting snubbed from the awards, and I'm kind of a little bit bummed by that. This has kind of been a pattern, though, and I think that we're at a point of saturation for comic book movies that a lot of people are just looking right past them when it comes to award season. I feel like we should have our own Northwest Nerd Awards or something, and we'll organize it somehow so that we can finally give movies the credit they deserve and the directors and the actors. The ones that are always going to get snubbed. Are we kind of doing that right now? We're giving credit to them. <laughs> I'm talking. About, let's get. Let's give. Right let's give like a. Let's get like an actual like voting. We'll send thing them a plate. There. An yeah. engraved plate. We'll, we'll send them. We'll send them our business card and say, <laughs> "Please come on for an interview." Uh, yeah, something like that. All right. Uh, another quick one for me. So there's one author for me that dominated 2017, and not just in terms of his writing, but in terms of the ways that he drove the conversation nationally. And really became an avatar for a point of view, and that is Tanahasi Coates. Uh-huh. And he did it all while holding down the Black Panther title for Marvel as well. And one of the best things about when Tanahasi Coates releases a new book, like hardcover actual book, not just a comic book, yeah. um, is that he goes on a bunch of podcasts afterwards and does a bunch of interviews to promote it. And then when you get to the point of every interview where people are like, well, what are you going to do next? What are you, what are you working on right now? And he's like, well, I'm writing black Panther. And you can always tell like whether or not the interviewer is a nerd based on yeah. how they react to that. Cause most of them will roll right past it. But occasionally you'll get someone who's like, Oh yeah, that's right. How's that going? Is that like, the historical documentary about the black Panthers? That, that, that is that what you're writing? That's what most people, that's how yeah. a lot of them react. Yeah. And cause, cause he gets a lot of political interviews and stuff like that yeah. because that's what he's written a lot about for the Atlantic. But his run on black Panther continues to be so impressive. And, uh, he's my first repeat winner for achievements in nerd. Let's do this. Hit me with your honorable mentions because you organize your list a little bit differently than me. Okay. Um, get them out and then we'll kind of discuss afterwards. I won't I won't interrupt for a little bit, even though that's okay. hard for me. So for my honorable mentions, I actually went a little pop culture like you did. Um, obviously, Wonder Woman was on my list and, uh, and I figured you would take that one. I actually came in here expecting... Because uh, I kind of picked like a, I wanted like a political newsworthy type thing that happened. And I came in here expecting to mention the Women's March. And I was driving in here and I, I realized we're a nerd podcast and a nerdy niche podcast. And so if I'm if, if I'm going through that lens, I have to give credit to the March for Science uh, March mm. that happened 
in March. And um, if I, uh, you know, if I'm, if, if this was the, uh, you know, activist uh, Northwest podcast or something, then I would be ranking all my favorite marches, I guess. But uh, the March for Science I thought was considerable. How often do you have something like that happen um, for all the various reasons? But uh, then beyond that, um, I had movies like Spider-Man Homecoming, which I thought were very well, especially after all those other Spider-Man films came out to have a film to still reach those heights to kind of, you know, web sling over it. There was a movie called The Big Sick that came out uh, that I thought was pretty great for a variety of reasons. And then finally, The Private Space Race that I don't think a lot of people realize. Um, 2017, NBC did a great uh, story on this if you want to go read up on it. More private commercial launches were completed in 2017 for the first time than government ones. It was 42 to 28. Um, of course, Blue Origin, right here in our own backyard in the Northwest, and uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX company are uh, kind of leading the way on this. But um, they are finally able to uh, put more rockets into space for various reasons uh, than we've ever been able to do in the past, meaning that we're probably going to have a lot more Technology advances coming through might speed up our Mars and moon races, things like that. There's a lot of speculation from it, but just the fact that we're doing it a lot more than we have in the past kind of means there's a lot more, I don't know, money, inspiration, hope behind it maybe. And so I think that's a very, very good kind of moment to look forward to in the future for us. So Space Race had a really good year in 2017. Nice. That's awesome. I like those. I like that uh, you included a bit more science than I did, which is good. All right, uh, you ready? You ready for more of mine? Let's do. Are these your uh, honorable mentions or? <clears throat> no, I don't. I don't really have honorable mentions. Okay, I can go medium to long on all of these. <laughs> let's let's do medium. Let's let, let me um, hit me with your best shots, and then we have one. We're saving one for the last, right? One that will actually. Or are you just gonna? You go do, why don't you save one for the last? We don't have to do this. I in have the same one. Rhythm. I have one more. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll go through. A bunch of mine then. Okay. And feel free to interrupt. Um, up first, my absolute favorite episode of TV all year was on a very nerdy show called Legion on FX. Oh, really? Episode six, special achievement in nerd to uh, Hiro Mirai, who was the director of that episode, and Aubrey Plaza, who is fantastic in that episode. Without spoiling anything, there is a musical number and it is completely unexpected and offbeat, and it's amazing. And in the rest of the episode, the other 45 minutes or whatever, however, however long that hmm. hour-long episode ends up being cut down to after commercial and everything like that, in the rest of that episode, the attention to detail is amazing, and one of the characters is trying to solve a mystery and trying to get out of this maze at the same time that all of these other things are going on, and people are going through therapy on screen as well. And oh, wow. it's, seriously, I have talked about this show I don't know how many times on our podcast, but if you have not watched Legion, please go watch Legion. I'm bringing it up again because I feel like every time that I bring it up, people are like, oh yeah, that one show. Here's- it's, a, it's a show on FX about yeah. one of the mutants from the, uh, the, the, the X-Men universe that isn't being used by Marvel. It was created by Noah Hawley, the same uh, showrunner, producer, director who did the Fargo TV series uh, on AMC? I think, I think so, which is getting some award Which is getting a lot sure. of award stuff, but Legion is not, I think, because it's a genre thing. And yeah. seriously, people, go out and watch it. It's the journey of this mutant through his uh, 
through the complications that come along with his powers. And one of the most powerful things about the X-Men stories to me and, and mutant stories in general has always been that they've been adaptable to the allegory of the time. And this is one of the best investigations on TV of mental illness that isn't explicitly about mental illness that I've ever seen. So here's why. Also, fantastic direction. Every yeah. color means something. Every sound means something. Well, and the effects, too. The Yeah. The show is so good. Please go watch it. Episode six in particular, just like buckle in because it's a fantastic ride. I've only gotten a quarter through Legion. And it's one of those things where I always want to go back to. And here's why. Legion, sometimes people, I think, get intimidated by it because mm-hmm. it is one of the, like, sometimes if you, if you sit it's down. It's very weird. If you sit down for a meal, there's a difference between when somebody gives you some top ramen and then, or somebody gives you like a prime rib that they spent, you know, a few hours making with like, you know, special like courses of meals. You pay a little bit more attention to one of those than the other. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like books, you know, maybe there's like some simple blog posts versus you know, you're sitting down to read, well, Ta-Nehisi Coates, right? Yeah. So, like, um, there's a different amount of mental energy that goes into those, and I feel like Legion is one of these ones where your brain is going to be engaged. You're going to get into this, and so you have to kind of sit down. It's not something that you can sit down and have, like, your phone out and be surfing Amazon or something with. Like, you're going to want to tune in. And I think that's a little intimidating, folks. One of the reasons why, like, you know, I always try to multitask and do a lot of things at once. Maybe I'm sending emails off or something while I'm watching TV. Uh, this is one I'm. You're such to, a like, millennial in that way. Put by the way. everything aside and uh, and actually tune in and watch it the same way I would just open up a book. So. Yeah, or it's it's the same way that you watch Game of Thrones, for example, yeah, which is another show example. that like you can't be tooling around on your tablet or phone while you're watching it. You need to pay attention, and I think that. Uh, Especially in 2017, when I wanted some escapism from my entertainment, I wanted to watch something where I could just crawl into it and be in that yeah. world for an hour. That's really appealing to me. And that's what's so appealing about nerd stories in general, I think. Yeah. Okay. I, so that was Legion. Yeah, that we Legion. Cr- that we crawled into. <laughs> I did. Crawled crawled into it. Just, just wrapped myself in it. You know, just cocoon, Just burrowed deep into it. Another TV show on my list, The Good Place on NBC. By showrunner Mike Schur, whose past work has been like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Parks and Rec and whatnot. So a lot of the same kind of humor in this one. Uh, a bunch of the same writers like Joe Mandy, for example, yeah. moved over to The Good Place and other people like that. But what makes this show especially nerdy and expect, like so great to me in particular is Kirsten Bell, who we all know as uh, Veronica Mars. No, not even, not, not even Kirsten Bell is okay. the nerdiest part. The nerdiest part is how much moral philosophy is in this show. Oh, yeah. One of the main characters is a moral philosophy professor, and then he teaches other characters on the show about ethics. It's so great. Yeah. And uh, as someone who has a degree in philosophy, <laughs> watching this show made me really feel like I was uh, like I was part of a larger community, which doesn't happen yeah. very often for us philosophy That's majors. That's pretty good for you know a comedy I mean? show. Yeah. yeah. The other thing about that show, and another one that I have not gone all the way through, it's too many shows. Um, Ted Danson doesn't get a lot of credit, I think, for his oh comedy my God. chops. He's a delight. Everybody looks at him and thinks cheers. Uh, yeah. But like uh, he was on a great HBO show that I can't remember the name of right now. Uh, that's going to be so bad on me. Oh, the one where they drink a lot of wine? It was like a film noir where he just played kind of like this uh, kind of pothead boss that hires yeah. this private detective. The one with them. Jason Schwartzman and Zach exactly, Galifianakis. Yeah. Bored to death. Bored to death. We exactly. got there. I just yeah. needed to keep on saying names till I that's remember. That's right, yeah. And he was... He was 
genius in that. And I, I get the same vibe from him here that he's kind of stretching himself in a comedic way in a different way. And I thought that was pretty well done too. So a, a pleasant surprise. Yeah. For you, yeah. And also shout out to that show for having so much of the cast be people of color. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. One of the characters in particular is uh, is a Filipino from Jacksonville, which uh, as a half Filipino person who lived 45 minutes away from Jacksonville, I appreciate a lot of the things he says about, about the Jaguars in particular. Okay. Um, okay. So we hit that one. Another one. Logan, you beat me to that one. Uh, Roxanne Gay, comic book writer. So kind of a up and down year for her in 2017. She became the first black female writer at Marvel and then she lost her book because Marvel severely mismanaged this thing and the supply chain in comic books in general is pretty busted so it's based on solicits and order aheads basically so if a book sells out after the store has gotten it the distributor um, the uh, publisher rather Marvel doesn't know that it's selling that well until months later when those stores come back and order even more right. for the next issue that's coming out. So it's a very unreactive way of publishing and and selling these things. And I think that her book in particular suffered for it. And uh, they ended up canceling it, I think like three or four issues in. Mm. However, she's a great Twitter follow. And on Twitter, she has mentioned that she has a bunch of projects coming out this year. So I'm very excited for what 2018 holds for Roxane Gay. And I legitimately think that she she broke a glass ceiling this year at Marvel and hopefully at DC as well, which usually the two go hand in hand in terms of, well, if they did this, then we have to do it too. That and they trade off a lot of people between themselves. So what what books, uh, I don't think you mentioned what books was she Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. She wrote the, oh, now I can't remember the exact title of it, but it's a a Black Panther ancillary book. Um, Oh, this is a quick one on my list. Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is mostly a reactionary pick because a lot of the TV writers I respect and a lot of the ones I don't too left Game of Thrones off of their year-end top 10 lists because it was an uncharacteristically sloppy season. I I get it. It wasn't one of their best seasons. They decided to completely throw travel time to the wind uh, and just decided that Jon Snow has teleportation apparently and he can be anywhere on the continent at any time. Is that just because dragons fly on the wind? He didn't have any dragons, but... yeah. You're making me sound like more of a nerd. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just think that we need to continue to appreciate this thing because they're spending the next, uh, after that came out, two years to come up with the finale season, which I think is just going to melt people's faces because there's so much to do and it's going to be so great. And the spectacle of this thing and the level on which they're making this show deserves our praise still. And the acting, I think, is still really good, even though the stories sometimes were a little lackluster. And some of the moments that we got between characters like Jamie and uh, Tyrion were not as fleshed out and heartfelt and didn't have as much gravity as I thought they yeah. should have. So. Well, cue the face-melting scenes from uh, Indiana Jones. and uh, I just watched well, that last night. There you go. I think that's why I had that, that in my head. And, and interesting, uh, that's probably the only sentence anybody has ever uttered with the words Game of Thrones, and this is a quick one. <laughs> oh, man. Certainly not something that uh, Ramsey Bolton would say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's a good here's a good one. Nintendo. 2017 I thought was really Really? A year of Nintendo. They bounced back just hard. Now are you just saying this because of Switch or No, not just because of the Switch. So the Switch recently became the fastest selling um 
console to date, which oh, that's interesting. congrats to them, Nintendo. But huge achievement in Nerd for having a holistic plan for retaking a cultural space that they had kind of abdicated to mobile gaming because mobile gaming really cut into the types of approachable gaming that they would offer to people where you can pick it up, the characters are fun, and it's an easy gameplay to understand that's still addictive. Like I'm reminded of how Candy Crush and other mobile games like that kind of occupied a space that Game Boy games used to have. Um, And I think that they really suffered for that and lost out on a lot of the cultural conversation around casual gaming that was happening without them. But I think that they've started to reclaim that through expanding on the strategy that they had with Pokemon Go, where they offered a lot of their key franchises up on mobile games. So you had uh, Super Mario has a mobile game now. Um, Pokemon has a couple mobile games now. Fire Emblem has a mobile game now. And I think that that makes a big difference because a lot of these things are designed to push people towards the franchise proper. Fire Emblem in particular is just a shadow of the actual game. And don't get me started on the weird gender things I'm not gonna that's, get you that's started going on there I, but you've already thrown things over my head <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah I can see you tapping away on an iPad now so yeah I'm just gonna go and then uh, you, you can jump back in at the end here and the other thing that they've done is really smart is abandon kind of well not necessarily abandon they've pivoted away from the kind of emulator marketplace that things like PlayStation do where you can buy classic games on your new console and play them in that way What they've decided instead is that part of what was really cool about the original NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, and the Super Nintendo as well, was the hardware of it. People liked having these things, and the controllers are are icons for the way that they look and the impact that they've had on future controllers and things like that. So what they rightly did in 2017 was decide, we're just going to load these up and release them as classic consoles ourselves and minified versions that are even... Yeah. cuter than uh, the old version used to be and stuff like that. I, I have a Super Nintendo classic. I love it. I love that it has as many games as it has on it and uh, it's got the the unreleased Star Fox on there and it just plays into that balance between what is new, what is collectible, what is classic and what can be revisited in a fresh way and I think that Nintendo in this last year more than ever before has really nailed the balance between offering new things and offering refreshed old things. I think there's also something to be said for, especially in this age of technological advancements, Mm -hmm. we've we've gone pretty quick in a very relatively short amount of time, 80s to now for video games, you know, 8-bit to downloading an entire um, video game on your PlayStation or, or Xbox, right? Yeah. So there is something to be said for these older games that were made, like just because something was newer and flashier and maybe plays more intuitively doesn't mean these older games are right. Mario Brothers is still really fun to play. I, I would mm-hmm. I would argue to uh, I would argue that uh, Mario Kart is still one of like the most in, like really addictive, engaging, fun things to ever play. And how long ago <laughs> was that made? I mean, so like, like over twenty years, exactly. And that's an amazing game to play, and people still freak out over it. So I think that there's something to be said for these games that are older. They're you know, we we say they're older, but like. We've never invented things so quickly and advanced so quickly ever before, I think, yeah. in our history. So these things are still relevant and still very, very uh, fun and, and amazing to play. Just because we have, you know, like an Xbox and we can play Halo or whatever, it's, you know, I'll, I'll take on some Mario Kart any day. And speaking of the rate of technology, I think that the main thing that Nintendo did this year 
was really get the Switch right. The dream of the uh, the PSP, the PlayStation Portable, people remember back that long ago, yeah. is realized in the Nintendo Switch because it's actually console gaming on the go. It's not some modified version of it or turned down in terms of specs version of uh, console gaming. It's console gaming on the go. It's yeah. It's real now. We finally did it. And it's really working for people and just huge achievement in nerd to Nintendo. Um, a couple other small ones. Achievement in nerd, although a little tainted by their complicitness in this, but uh, an achievement in nerd to the social media engineers who are now decrying social media and its horrible <laughs> effects on our psyches. I, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will echo that. I will just echo it in that I don't think we should fully... I think there's a place for social media in our society. Yeah, absolutely. I think that everything is a pendulum. You know, when you, like you look at the housing market, we went like a pendulum to like a really bad place and then we moved the pendulum back to like another nice regulated place. And I think with social media, like we're realizing that we're swinging into like a very toxic, bad area that we need to learn uh, some lessons from, mm -hmm. you know. And so I'm interested to see how social media reacts. You know, it's kind of an interesting time to see how they're going to realize that they are actually media companies and they are taking the place of a lot of other informational systems that we used to rely on. So I don't, it'd be interesting to see how social media moves on into our lives in the future. Yeah. So, and if you want to listen more about that, we had a whole toxic Twitter episode a while ago with uh, Genevieve from uh, After These Messages and Grapes of Rad. So. You want one more quick one before you do your final one? And uh -huh. I'll, let, I'll let you close out Achievements <laughs> in Nerd 2017. Uh, my last one is just representation in casting. I think that 2017 had way fewer ghost in the shell type flare-ups because I think that it's finally getting through to studios that when you cast things as they should be cast representationally, it helps story because there's reasons why people are this way in the story as well. And yeah. even in cases where it wasn't necessary necessary to the story for someone to be cast as a uh, some member of a marginalized people, it helped anyway. Um, my favorite example of this is Rose in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. It is completely natural, that entire movie, that she is who she is in, in looks and in heritage. And it completely works. It's never remarked upon in the movie. And that's what's so great about it. And I it. just want to call BS on all the people who are complaining about that online. I saw some hot takes. Uh, screw you, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> Agreed. That and, and maybe maybe we'll reach a point where we could say aloha to that type of casting in Hollywood. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, oh yeah. All right. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm good. I'm sure there's things I left off, but as with every end of the year thing, there's some things that we're gonna forget. Exactly. Hit us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, exactly, and Instagram. Uh, what were your moments that you thought were pretty great? Mm -hmm. My final thing was uh, also a little bit personal for me because I went and partook in it. Um, the solar eclipse that we had in oh, nice. 2017 was on, uh, sorry, October. It was on August 21st. Um, took a big road trip through Oregon. I went down towards the John Day area, towards the Painted Hills, camped out um, in some BLM land, which everybody else had the same idea, which kind of speaks to it. Uh, BLM, by the way, Bureau of Land, land Management. Management. This is not the usual, like, go out there and you have some water. Like, you have to go out there and start digging holes to use the facilities. So, like... Um, you got to dig a hole to create a facility. Exactly. So um, point being, a lot of people went out for this thing. There was kind of just a, a cult and a fervor for this. I know that a lot of our listeners from from watching them on Twitter were not happy about the effects on traffic and, you know, <laughs> Portland area and things like that. But 
Um, I made a video of this. It's on our Facebook. It's on our YouTube account. You can go see just the Northwest Nerd little video. We didn't do a feature or anything on it. It was just a nice little, here's what happened with the road trip um, with some people that went down there to also experience it. It was roughly two minutes um, of just an event, a scientific, a celestial event that doesn't happen very often. And all these people went to kind of experience it together. You know, this is not something that we had to plug into. This is something that is natural to all of our lives, to our, our world. It's scientific. It's, you know, historic. It's just, there's a lot of things I can say about it, but there is a feeling, uh, there was a feeling to it that I, I imagine that uh, other things that have happened in a place, in a time that are never going to be experienced again, you know, maybe the way people talk about Woodstock, you know, before our time, like, mm-hmm. man, never be like Woodstock again. It was like, well, that was, it was kind of like the, the scientific Woodstock for us there. That was, it was a really, really interesting phenomenon. And everything that happened around it was just amazing. This little town that I was in, uh, at, well, just outside of, has never seen that many people pass through it and probably never will again. It was just crazy. And this is a town that makes their money off of selling rocks. All right. They literally find the cool rocks. Cool rocks in the area, and they sell the rocks. And, um, yeah, so just a tip of our hat to us and um, the fervor that we had in in our uh, country for watching this pretty cool thing happen and all the people that went to camp out, even though you annoyed me with your traffic and you're stealing the campsites that I wanted, uh, it was pretty, pretty great. So, yeah, go go to our Facebook page and, uh, and check out that video. Yeah, so those are our uh, achievements in nerd. If you have any, go hit us up on our Facebook page. Post on there. We <laughs> and tell us how we're wrong. You yeah, think tell that's us stupid? how we're wrong. You hated the eclipse. I, I'd love to hear about it. Eclipses are dumb. Yeah, you hated Logan. You thought it was overrated. Lame. Let's do it. Yeah, lame. <laughs> March for science. Lame. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. Tell us. Tell no, us knowing our listeners, they're probably not going to think. Yeah, I know. Them, but... I know. But I just do like the lame list. So if you haven't already, go follow us on social media for even more Northwest Nerd. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, posting tons of stuff that doesn't make it into the podcast. So go give us a follow, especially to join our photo editing challenge. Uh, Dyer grew a mustache, and it's it's a lot of fun. Go check it out on our Facebook page, NW Nerd Podcast on Facebook. Also, if you're looking to listen to more of me on your earbuds and in a less nerdy setting, go fire up the TBTL podcast uh, episodes from the first week of this year. Luke Burbank and Andrew Walsh were very gracious and let me crash their No Regrets Spectacular, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to talk about a lifelong regret of mine, slight spoiler alert, uh, which is falling out of touch with my childhood best friend. Uh, still can't find him. So go give them a listen, TBTL podcast, and and listen to them even when I'm not there. Honestly, love those guys. It's on all the podcast apps. Very findable. We'll be back next week with a magazine episode jam-packed with content and a new story from Dyer on the Seattle Freeze. Also, uh, I will finally pay off the quiz bet that I lost and uh, talk about Supernatural and my first exposure to that uh, very long-running program. We'll see you next week, nerds! No action there so far. So you guys are going social media. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do, but um, yeah. I, you I, doing I, Zaba search? No. White pages? You want to know what actually what I'm going to do? I kind of want to know. I'm going to look at voter records and I'm going to see if I can Oh find, man, uh, you nerd. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>